All right. It's Jenna and I today. Yeah, we're ready for another one. We just had a pre-podcast convo and we got <laughs> fired up. We did. <laughs> and I just watched a video on toxic femininity and I want to talk about that today mm-hmm. and see kind of what comes out of that. Talk a little bit about surrender. It's such a great topic because I think it gets masked and called toxic masculinity mm-hmm. half the time. Yeah. Or maybe it's just that anything negative that happens now, we call it the patriarchy or toxic masculinity yeah. and For- try to blanket it. Forgetting that half the piece of the puzzle is femininity, is the feminine, or mm-hmm. is female. And it's not to negate oppression or the fact that women have had to fight for rights and that we're standing on the shoulders of giants when it comes to feminism and the right to vote and the right to own property and do all the things in equality. It's not to negate any of that. In the same way that we don't negate unions because they they were formed at a certain period of time for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like they had a good reason. It's just that now that we are at this stage of the, the Uh, this stage of the game we've outgrown it we've outgrown it we are evolving out of it we have to look forward into the next stage which is more about working with feminine and with masculine as opposed to making one the enemy and i think actually this is everything is actually good coming up to this point Mm -hmm. because it was all learning and right now is about defining what is your feminine what is your masculine what does it mean to be healthy in both Mm -hmm. and then you can integrate them Yeah. In a way that works for you. And I like how Sarah Kennedy talks to you about the female pain body and how if you're attracting, if you're attracting toxic masculinity in your life or toxic femininity, what are the parts of you that are resonating with that, that are magnetizing that? Because Mm -hmm. there's a part of you that's attracted to it for some reason. And that means that there's things that we need to delve into in our own lives that it's not just about victim blaming or saying like it's all the patriarchy's fault well how how did women adapt into the patriarchy we castrated our boys Mm -hmm. emotionally right like that happened and so now how do we recover from that in a way that's team based well i had this interesting conversation yesterday too and it made me think of it was more around money Um, and being averse to money, Mm -hmm. especially when you work with people who are in poverty, which is something I've struggled with is like, how could I want these luxury things if I live or if I work with all these people who are like barely making it through? Mm -hmm. Um, but then there's that Carolyn Elliott saying that having is evidence of wanting. So -hmm. when you look around your life, say you are in a relationship that's toxic you say, how could I possibly want this? Mm -hmm. Or yesterday the conversation came to like, No, no, like, I don't want to make a whole bunch of money. Mm -hmm. But whatever it is that you're adverse to, Mm -hmm. you're actually super attracted to. Mm -hmm. And there's a part of you that also likes the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. Because as Carolyn Elliott says, your belief system has manifested around you. Mm -hmm. Whatever you believe right now is for you right now. Exactly. It doesn't mean you can't change it. Exactly. But you have to accept and you have to come to a place of accepting that... You do, part of you likes the dirty, ugly truth mm-hmm. of whatever is right now. Right, exactly. Which is represented by the feminine too. Mm-hmm. All the earthly, bloody, guts, dark, 
-hmm. shadowy is all embodied by the feminine Mm -hmm. so um yeah maybe that comes around then in that some of this toxic femininity is where we try to push away push away from our own femininity our femininity totally Mm -hmm. totally and that would make sense because masculinity is so much more revered because in this 3d materialistic world that we live in we want to we want to be able to have proof of things right like we Mm want to be able to see it touch it feel it the already the things that are already manifest which means that there were where we kind of throw out the sensation and the intuition and the that subtle knowing which is the feminine the trust and the surrender to trusting yeah that it's all going to work out for your best yeah and again there's a reason it's not that we're blaming anybody for feeling unsafe in certain situations because Mm -hmm. there was a reality where the masculine or toxic masculinity or a man did abuse the feminine or females and people died Mm -hmm. people were abused and died and it's still going on today so and whether it's emotionally or physically or sexually whatever it is but now it's it's a matter of taking responsibility for your own traumas and seeing okay is this trauma for real in real time for me right now or is this something i'm enacting from my past that i'm bringing into my current relationships and current situations Mm -hmm. and that's that's where the power is right ultimately oh i remember what i was gonna say um when you were saying that we want to feel all these things like the the -hmm. having is evidence of wanting and we want to feel these quote-unquote negative emotions so for example humiliation and shame yeah. If that weren't true, we wouldn't have entire subcultures built on BDSM and humiliation play yeah. and domination and submission and we wouldn't and like all these fetishes that emerge out of the woodworks in yeah. the in the margins. We wouldn't have any of that stuff if that weren't true. We wouldn't have anybody volunteer to go on reality TV. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And people are lining up. <laughs> yeah, people want to be humiliated in some way and I know I have recognized that in myself where it's like I'm walking into situations where I know I'm going to have to play in that those sensations or that mm-hmm. dynamic or I set myself up for rejection or I set myself up to feel shamed and I play a part in that so it's like I can empower myself by knowing okay if I want to feel this emotion why or these sensations why and what's the power in feeling them what's the actual... and I like it's funny because we are so opposite that way because mine is like I can feel it coming and then I just surrender to it mm-hmm. like I can imagine a couple situations where it felt super embarrassing and instead of trying to run away I just sat in it it's like that flush all the way up your body up your neck mm-hmm. into your cheeks mm-hmm. that heavy flush sensation and then after that passes and I realize I'm okay then I'm like okay why did I want to feel that? Yeah. yeah right? What was that about? And I know I can handle it now. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. That's, that's been a cool thing. Doing more public speaking and getting, oh, yeah. getting a little bit more uh, open and myself in my public speaking. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I am fair skinned and that when I blush, I can't stop it. No. I, can't, I can't hide it. And even though I want to... I want to look cool as a cucumber and like nothing phases me, 
the blushing gives it away. Exactly. Right? <laughs> right? And I know I've, I've run across people, especially really fair people, that are like traumatized by their blushing because it's like any little thing makes them blush. And then they get teased for it, right? And I mm-hmm. get teased for it. Mm-hmm. And now at this point, though, it's like, well... What, you're welcome for seeing my turn on, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you get to, you get access. Yes. You, you co-created that with me Mm -hmm. because you said something that, and now you're pleased because they're always pleased to make you blush. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. People are pleased about it. They're like, Oh, I had an effect on you. Yeah. So why not get excited about that? Just like give it to them. Connect over it. Yeah. Pull away. Yeah. Instead of getting embarrassed which just makes it worse yeah just makes it worse but if you can own it then it's kind of hot it's attractive mm-hmm. it is yeah and like anything it takes practice like I think oh, if, totally. when it happens to me sometimes I just have to look down so I can like oh, get too. through it for a second yeah and then once you know you're okay then you're like okay whatever or I, <laughs> I I'll can just, play with this I'll just address it directly and be like you're making me blush yeah <laughs> I found actually like a couple different workshops that I put on when I feel nervous, just usually based on who's in the room, mm-hmm. um, that sometimes if I just give it up mm-hmm. and just say how I feel or whatever it is yeah. that I'm embarrassed about, yeah, then you're like, okay, well that's already stated. So now I can just move on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people do relate. Yeah. Right. Everybody has that, that experience of feeling or looking embarrassed that they relate to and sometimes uh like I think Mm -hmm. of our women's circle that we did last week was that last Friday Mm -hmm. I was really shocked because I knew all these women but it was like a fairly good-sized group Mm -hmm. and when it became my turn to talk I felt so nervous and I wasn't ready for that because I didn't think I would Mm -hmm. but I just took a second to breathe and sometimes that feels like five minutes mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone even notices mm-hmm. just took those few seconds to like collect myself and then accept myself for who I am like my voice even quivered a little bit when I started mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else noticed but I, I noticed did, I didn't no and then I could just like ease into it and then once I was past it's like getting over a gate once you're over the gate and you're comfortable it's the best yeah it's, like it's actually like the best open. feeling on the other side yeah because I love holding people's attention like that when I'm telling stories, mm-hmm. but it's always like just a little awkward on the way in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. That initial getting over the hump of vulnerability to mm-hmm. open up and share and be seen in your mess, in your imperfection. Yeah. You're not quite tailored, which Virgos hate. I hate that. I hate being seen as imperfect, even though probably everybody does all the time. In my mind, I'm like polished and perfect and, you know, intellectual and I hide behind that and nobody can notice, but I'm sure they do. (laughs) I was kind of thinking about that yesterday because I was looking at Instagram and I'm like, man, I just saw this woman and she looked nothing like her Instagram selfies. Mm. But that's the thing. It's like, what you think you look like yeah all these selfies that you put on there versus when someone takes a candid of you and, yeah. or amber Khan. i saw a picture of her with a fan um from the quietest revolution and yeah she does tons of selfies all over the place and she's beautiful yeah she looks great in them but then i saw her on stage like hugging a fan and like 
her face did not look quite the same. Mm -hmm. There was a double chin. There was like all Mm -hmm. these imperfections. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right. And there's nothing wrong with taking selfies and it's fun. Yeah. But just like accepting that you have that other side too. And people see all of that. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I was thinking about that yesterday. And it's just nobody cares as much as you do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody cares. (laughs) So what do you think that, like, what do you see in toxic femininity and why does it come up and what is the mistrust towards the masculine? I can only address what's coming up for me right now in my life Mm -hmm. and it is really dealing with trust. It's not about trusting other people per se, Mm -hmm. it's trust of the universe in general. Trust that if I don't try to control every aspect that... Uh, it's not going to work out. And I start to get really panicky and I just like, how it comes out in me, this is probably my toxic femininity femininity that I notice. I get really tight. Mm -hmm. I get really short with people. I start to feel like my head's going to explode and I just can't really think. I'm not creative because I can't think outside of like the checklist that I have in front of me, mm-hmm. it has to go this way. Yeah. So I don't allow any like creative flow to come in. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of what I've been, what I've been doing that with lately. Like I do that with work all the time. Mm-hmm. It's like when, almost when there's too much work or when there's just so much going on, or I have a bunch of new experiences. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's probably why it came up this week. Cause I'm going to be launching a new, program next week starting on Wednesday nights one that I've never done before Mm -hmm. and so there's all these parts of me that feel so nervous and scared and like out of control out of control like I can't especially when I'm working with toddlers they're Mm -hmm. extremely out of control out of control like when I work with school-age kids it's like yeah like to a point yeah I know that we can just sit and talk about it you don't do that with a toddler. Can't like, with a toddler, no. Uh, so I mostly have to surrender and follow their lead, and it makes me like overplan mm-hmm. and over get over tight and all these things. But yeah, that's and just trust in general. Like I think of our. Okay, this is one that's come up in my relationship, but it's a, like a bigger picture thing. So right now, um, John and I are planning to build a house and we planned our dream house but the way things are right now we actually can't afford it Mm -hmm. so we've set up all these seeds we've planted a hundred seeds i know that feeling too of that should be paying off financially like we have diversified our investments um we've done so much i quit my job started my own job yeah like I am kind of like maxed out to where I'm willing to go with my time. And, oh, this probably is toxic femininity. <laughs> and then with John, he, like, he's amazing at what he does. Mm-hmm. And he's like one of those connection liaison network people. And he's kind of working his way into becoming a consultant. But he keeps setting up all these amazing deals between um, wealthy investors and companies to set up um he's like a broker yeah basically he is like a broker yeah and so many cool things and it gets like three quarters of the way and then it fails every fucking time Mm -hmm. it's been like a year and a half of this 
And these things come up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's like he had this old friend that was looking for an investor, and then the perfect investor popped up that he just had lunch with the other day. Mm-hmm. And then he connects them, and they have these great meetings, and there's all this buildup, mm-hmm. and it should go through. Like, there's no way they shouldn't go through every single time. So we do this pre-celebration. We're like, yes, it's going to happen. Yeah. And then the night before, it pulls away. Mm-hmm. And we get, like, extremely gutted. So do you think that that's... Because it sounds kind of fuckboy right? Of, mm-hmm. like, making all the promises in the world, telling the woman exactly what she wants to hear so she gets all excited, and then she starts planning the future and having all these expectations, and then yes. he has no intention of actually following through for whatever self-esteem reason he has. But you mean, also... You mean John has no intention of following through? Or the... The, like, o- the other... The investor. The investor, whoever he's working with, Yeah. He's the he's the woman in this situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's setting it all up. He's invested. He's committed. He's got his he's got good attention on it. Because yeah. John is such a good definition of an alpha man. He's got a he very is. good balance of feminine and masculine. He does. So he's got everything set up, and then they just kind of are like, oh. I'm busy or, oh, and then some little minor excuse that makes no sense, really. No, they don't make sense. And then, but to me that, what that means is that there's not actual trust for, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. what, but is that trust for the masculine container or is it trust that the feminine will follow through within the container? Like there's something about not trusting the feminine there too. I think. Well, and then on my end, I get so resentful to, and it's coming out towards John. Mm-hmm. And like, thankfully, John can handle really mm-hmm. honest conversation with me because yeah. I just tell him everything. He stays present. He stays super present and he like kind of agrees. Mm-hmm. But then it feels like we've been doing this beat down because I'm like, oh, I feel like why? Like I did my end. I yeah. quit my job. I'm like, my business is thriving. Mm-hmm. I doubled my income almost in the last year. But you haven't held up your end. Like, yeah. what's happening here? I, like, those thoughts constantly go through my mind. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking that stuff. Like, that's not really fair. He's trying his best. Mm-hmm. But I still feel mad and I still feel angry and resentful. Like, get your shit together. Yeah. Make it happen. And we've got to the point where he's like, he yells back, which I appreciate. Because I'm like, I'd rather him face it up and confront me than hide yeah. on it. Or, like, secretly beat himself up in the closet. Mm-hmm. But he's like, I've done everything I can. That's a container. That yelling back. Oh, okay. It's like, you've gone too far. You're hitting up against something. Okay. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it feels good, right? It does feel good. Yeah. Because yeah. you're hitting up against something that you're testing the boundary... And then when the boundary is actually there, it feels good because you, that's what you want to lean against. Yes. Yeah. So what is the feminine part of this that's not that healthy? For me, on my end, it's trust that it's all going to work out. Trusting the master. And they're setting there. up the expectation of like, if he gets the job, then we get the house. Because mm-hmm. otherwise I wouldn't even care. Yeah. I'm like, fine, you do you. Uh, oh, okay. So you're you're disrespecting the masculine. This mm-hmm. is what we do, mm-hmm. right? Because we treat the masculine like a wallet. Yes. Or we objectify it as a means to an ends. 
so that we can stay in our swampy feminine in our and not actually uphold our end of the bargain which is about magnetizing and desire okay and and the willingness to be penetrated and receive Mm -hmm. right to actually like take him in we're not actually willing to do that so we're enticing them in but then we're like but you have to stop here because my masculine's dick is actually a lot bigger than your masculine that sounds like the story of my fucking life even in sex i'm like that yeah yo oh my god yeah and we call it the ice wall yeah, because and it's it's fear of intimacy, right? It's fear yeah. of being seen, yeah. and so both sides aren't trusting each other. Of like, okay. can you actually hold me and see me here? And like, if I make oh, weird noises, exactly how and I feel go into fully into my involuntary and out of control. Will you laugh at me? Will you, or will you hold me through it? Will you witness me through it, or will yes. you shame me, or you know make me feel small for it? And neither side are trusting each other that we can be held yes. or receive oh that's so true and the weird thing is like everything's interconnected mm-hmm. it's like it comes out manifest like manifest through that conversation and that fight mm-hmm. or that situation but then like this last weekend I finally got to a point on my drive and I was talking to you where I'm just like I don't give a fuck anymore mm-hmm. like I don't care about this I have spent too much energy I don't care I did a full surrender I felt all the relief where I was like you know what? I don't even care if we get the house anymore. I just want, like, I want to move on with my life. I just want to live. I want to be free. And if that means giving up this house that I've been pining for 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 years now, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll survive. And then I shared that with him, and I was like, I need to fully surrender, all this stuff. And it felt so good. And he agreed that I needed to surrender. He's like, it doesn't feel resonant for me. Yeah. Which was also the right thing. But he told me when I surrendered, he felt so much relief, like a weight off his shoulders. Because you were putting pressure on him. Yes. Yeah. And then that pressure on the masculine, then they get performance anxiety because they don't actually feel like they can win. Mm-hmm. Like it's too much. And then that's how we develop fuckboys. Because they don't actually feel like they can win telling the truth or being an actual man. So they're just like, whatever, I'll just get mine. I'll get in and get out and get mine and... I'm not going to commit to anything that I know I'm not going to win in. Yes, and, and I don't so, want that. So the feminine's part that she's playing in that is by setting him up to fail over and over and over again. Yeah. Right? You're like, look, you still didn't do it. Being super difficult to please. Yes. Being super not appreciative of the moment. Lack of gratitude. Yeah. Of being critical. Mm-hmm. And looking for faults instead of looking for what to appreciate and to build him up and yeah. and emasculating him instead of actually just appreciating him. Well, because then the next day we got into the fight of like, all of a sudden I was back. Like I surrendered for the day. Then the next day I felt stressed out as fuck and I couldn't just, I can't figure out why. I just felt like a bag of emotions, like I was going to burst in any direction. Mm-hmm. And finally, and he, it was coming out at him. Mm-hmm. And which was like old patterning because I was like still holding to the anger of like you didn't do this you didn't do that the yeah. lack of gratitude but I feel like I was waiting for him to penetrate me too yeah like I was like pushing him pushing him pushing him mm-hmm. how far can I make you go finally he like turned around he's like I can't do anything fucking right today he's like nothing's good enough 
And then I was like, I just told him the truth. I'm like, it's right. That's exactly how I fucking feel. You can't do anything right today. Like, I feel like yeah. nothing you do is good enough. And again, way to, way to not gaslight him. Because he knew. He right? knew. He could feel it. And I needed to it. let that out. We needed to air yeah. that out. So instead of denying it, you were just like, yeah, you're right. You can't do anything right. And it doesn't feel good for either of us, right? No. <laughs> and it, it actually felt, that felt like relief too. Yeah. And then he took some time, I talked to you, and I realized that I had stuff that needed to shed. And maybe this was just about shedding identities, but how we got back to healthy feminine for me was when you coached me through all the old stories that I wanted to play into of like, he did this or he did that, they weren't quite logical. Mm -hmm. They didn't feel like they fit my emotion. Mm -hmm. I just had so much anger. And then you coached me to tell me, like, just have him hold you. Mm-hmm. But I had to let him in to hold me. Right. And there was that fear of intimacy. I just wanted to, like, push him away mm-hmm. and do this myself because I do everything myself. Right. Which is the trauma. Yeah. Which is the, at some point you needed help and you were denied it. And so you formed a circuitry in your brain that was like, I can do this on my own. I can protect myself. Exactly. That's exactly how it felt. Mm-hmm. And the thought of letting him into that was so repulsive. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, he can't do anything right. He can't hold me. Yeah. You think he can hold me? So there's the in- indignation over top, which is just the way that the anger is coming out. Yeah. And then underneath the anger is sadness and yes. grief and... Just like a pocket that needed to be popped. And so then after you coached me, later that night after the kids went to bed, um, I basically agitated him so that we could get into a fight to resolve this. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew what I was doing, but I didn't know any other way. Yes. Yeah. I was like, God, love him. I just God, need him. to get this out. <laughs> also, by the way, whenever we read our like compatibility astrology stuff, it always says like your partner is not easy. <laughs> That's what they say about you. Yeah. <laughs> she's volatile. She's, she's nutbag. She's fucking crazy. <laughs> oh my god. He likes it though. He does. He loves yeah. that wildness. I think he's a Pisces. Emotions. He loves the chaos. He's... Which means he can have like a massive container too. Yeah. For emotion. Mm-hmm. And so then it finally hit. I started to cry and I told him what you had said. I was like, I literally need you not to try to fix me. I don't need to be fixed, but I need to let all of this out. Mm-hmm. And then you ugly cried. And then I cried for like over an hour, mm-hmm. but I started spouting off the stories. Like instead of trying to control everything, I just let the anger come out in every direction. I'm like, I'm mad about this. I'm mad about this. This fucking pisses me off. Mm-hmm. And like, we didn't need to address them. We just needed to release them. Yeah. And then once I got all the anger, then it felt like grief underneath that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I felt like I was shedding this old part of myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was grieving me. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. And he just held me all the way through it. The difference is like, instead of having to have him need to fix something about yourself, like your grief or your insecurity or whatever it is that's coming out which is normally what we do what we go to each other for is like fix this help me fix this you just want to be witnessed in it because my fear in intimacy is that i'm not enough yes because what i always and i said to him the first round of the fight was like 
if I show you how volatile and wild my emotions are, mm-hmm. you'll leave. And he was like, I've been with you for 13 fucking years. If you think I'm going to leave you, I would have left a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, Earth to Jenna, I'm invested. <laughs> he's like, just shut up and cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I had a similar experience with Cody where I, I was feeling insecure. Mm-hmm. And the old me, like the, the way that my trauma protected me is to get super analytical, super mean Oh, and yeah. just like blame and like make it his responsibility mm-hmm. to fix it. Exactly. But in this situation, I just was I was feeling insecure and I I owned that and I I I just was like I just need to cry about this. Yeah. Can you just be present for it? And he did. He did it beautifully. Cuz we told them what we needed and then yeah. they could do it. And he he knew he had enough maturity at this point to be like, I know this isn't about me. This is about something that's happened within her. Mm-hmm. So he could stay in his adult, in his presence, and just yeah. be the container to witness me in it. And it, it was one of the most healing moments of my life. Yeah, that's how this felt too this last weekend. Mm-hmm. There was just, my eyes were ugly for like two days after. <laughs> I just listened to a Sarah Kennedy thing, and she talks about how when you sob and you cry, it actually does like um stir up clogged up areas in your heart space like Mm -hmm. it it actually does start to move things and so if you think of it as like everything's stagnant and stuck in like a big rock it starts to shake it up so that it can loosen up yeah well the proof for us was like so then we did right after it felt resonant to do orgasmic meditation Mm -hmm. we did like three rounds of it Mm -hmm. and then we had amazing sex and the ice wall was completely gone and the cool thing was it was gone the next day too mm-hmm. it just felt like open there was no wall up i could just mm-hmm. allow him in right away yeah so you healed a part of your anger towards the masculine mm-hmm. and or feminine whatever that's it what it is and maybe that's what this all boils down to is like this anger at the masculine mm-hmm. this like unresolved anger this resent like resent from years and yeah. years of stuff yeah that needs to be let go of. Yeah, because it's not serving us anymore. And that no. is, again, it's not to say that it's not justified of how we got here. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that we're uh, the victims or victim blaming. No. But it is to say that now that we know about it, we can do something about it. And just to yeah. know that holding on to the resentment is like toxic. And the, like, the toxic femininity, it stops us from being supported. Yeah. Through this story that we are independent women. Yes. We can do it all ourselves. Yes. Because part of us wants the support. Mm-hmm. We don't want to put that ice wall up all the time. The big part wants the support. We do. Because we can't part. receive. Like, that's our gift. That's our nature. Mm-hmm. Is to be able to receive. But if you have to come over all these obstacles to receive just a tiny bit, mm-hmm. you're cut off from your power. Yeah. Yeah. If you're constantly testing, testing, testing... They told this story in One Taste where this princess is in a tower and the prince comes and fights the dragon and goes in to save her. Do you remember this? Did yeah. They, yeah. And so correct me if I'm if I miss a part because <laughs> it's been a while. But then so the dragon is killed and the prince is like, hey, princess, look what I did for you. And she's like. Yeah, that's okay, but there's actually this bigger dragon that yeah. so if you could just handle that, that'd be great. 
And he's like, oh, okay, okay, I will do it for you, my beloved. Then he goes and kills the next dragon. And again, she's like, yeah, it's all right. Mm -hmm. But there's this bigger dragon that, you know, a real man would be able to kill for me. And yeah. then and then eventually he's like, fuck you, and he just leaves. Because <laughs> he's like, I can't please her. I can't please her. So it's not fun anymore. There's okay. no point in it. And then what that means in reality is they check out. They go into addiction. Or we do. Our masculine does, too. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they look at pornography instead to get connection. They overwork, they become workaholics, and all of these ways where they they take their presence, which is what we want, and they move it somewhere else, and then we feel abandoned. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe we play a part in that abandonment in that we are impossible to please. We definitely do. Where we have, like, the big dick energy that we're trying to swing around, and they're like, okay, you got the big dick, (laughs) like, fine, Okay, you got this. You got this. I'll just go and uh, go in my man cave and never come out. Essentially, it's just separation. It's not working together mm-hmm. for the best. Nobody's potential. happy with that. No. Nobody is. Well, why be in a relationship? Yeah. Like, I just... Well, I had just, like, cared for our kids for a full week while he was gone and held both poles down, masculine and feminine. But that's why you broke at the end and of And it week. was a fucking hard week. Yeah. And then at the end when he got back, I thought I'd just feel relief, like, oh, I can release. But my feminine was pissed. Mm -hmm. She was so pissed. Yeah. Well, I think your masculine was pissed, too. Yeah. And both of them were. Like. But also, again, it's not that you can't do it. And And it didn't match up with what I wanted. Yeah. Like, my conscious intention was, like, I want him to go away for a week and Mm -hmm. to enjoy himself and come back feeling full. That was pure. Yeah. And I really do want that for him. Um, But there was a pain body still there. There was a a trauma there that still hadn't healed that, that this whole circumstance led up to and climaxed with you actually being able to heal it and him yeah. him likely being healed in some way too mm-hmm. because it's a co-creation exactly so so yeah how does like uh domination and submission come into play when it comes to that because we've been talking about that at the last couple turn-ons mm-hmm. and i know that i have this desire to be submissive Mm-hmm. But I haven't really gone there. It scares me. And any time we try, I get either triggered or like or put up like basically mm-hmm. what's that night watch wall in Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> the ice wall? Just isn't yeah. it just the ice wall? Well, it's like times a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to find baby steps to be honest. Yeah. Because um, I know that it will make everything more pleasurable. It's like I have such a strong desire for being excited about the unknown instead mm-hmm. of fearful of it. What's the worst that would happen if you surrendered or you went, if you were submissive? What would be the absolute um, I could worst? Be, I could get actually physically hurt. So like they would do something that hurt you so much I that can't you trust can't stop it. that like... If I if I let him do what he wants, then it will be at the expense of me. Like, I will get physically hurt. 
So, and he will get so consumed in what he's doing that he won't be tuned in enough to you to yes. notice that you're hurting. Like, there's deep fear there. There's trauma fear there. But It seems like trauma fear because he's never actually done anything. He's never hurt me physically. Yeah. No. He's never even hinted at being that way. No. Right? So, it, it has to be something. Either, like, ancestral-wise, past life. And, like, wise. my childhood, I have that kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I just have, I feel like my vigilance is up all the time, and it's like, if I don't know exactly what's coming, I'm mm-hmm. going to get hurt. Right. I Mine, I think, has more to do with being humiliated. Okay. Like, being laughed at, or put down, or like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, not being like, oh, like, belittled. Yeah. Or like, that's all you've got, or... And then, so I'd rather just not play than be, mm. oh, yeah. than be seen as not enough or too little or not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Like it has to do with like, not and I'm right. like, I'd rather shut off my sexuality and be numb than get mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. And ultimately like, that's the, that's the like ultimate getting hurt for me at this point is like mm-hmm. being seen as imperfect or not good enough. So how do we work through that? It's just about surrender and trust. Mm-hmm. Um, coming to a place where you can do that. Like for us, it was a huge step being able to tell him I needed him to hold me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to allow him to hold me. Mm-hmm. And then I felt super grateful afterwards. Like we felt so connected after that. Mm-hmm. That we had great intimacy and sex the next day. And the next day. Mm-hmm. And he even said to me, he's like, that's one of the best weekends we've had in so long. Mm-hmm. Like, he felt so connected. Mm-hmm. And I did too. Yeah. And it felt like we were synced up. Like, we were moving as a team. Mm-hmm. Not in separate realms. Like, just doing our to-do list. Yeah. On both sides. Yeah. I don't know. Which his Pisces must love. Yes. He must love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I know you love it, but... I can see him loving it too. Yes. <clears throat> so trust and surrender and maybe it's just baby steps of like yeah, breathing through the fear instead of yeah. succumbing to it and and allowing yourself to be seen. Yeah. Like recognizing that you trust him to hold it, letting him mm-hmm. hold it. Mhm. And then fully releasing. And that if he for whatever reason can't hold the container that it's not your fault or it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. It, it has to do with him, his own trauma and his own stuff that's going on. And it's not the cat not being so codependent in that feeling responsible for him and like how he feels. Yeah. Because truthfully, like I'm pretty aware mm-hmm. <laughs> and I still needed a little bit of help from you to navigate that situation. Because mm-hmm. even though I was triggered, I wanted to blame him. Yeah. Maybe even just recognizing when you want to blame. Yeah. Yeah. Or control. The minute you feel that you're trying to blame or you feel tight with control. Yeah. Just take a step back, breathe, and then try to... And that's the feeling take that a look. it feels like to me is like a tightness and a... Yeah, like a blocking of... Like blocking with your body language or yeah. like turning away or like, the, or like literally wanting to run away. <laughs> and the thing is, if you're with your partner... 
like one thing I do with John sometimes is I just I'll just say it mm-hmm. I say like oh I'm like <laughs> I'm putting my shoulder up yeah he's like yeah, yeah I yeah. know <laughs> But when you know it together, it's not that you're doing it intentionally. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm not blocking you, but my body is reacting. Mm-hmm. So what's up here? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not as in control of it as you want to be either. No, my body acts first and then I notice it. Yeah. So. And then he doesn't have to take it personally when I voice it. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, my body's doing this. Let's right, and that's that out. the thing that both sides can work on is not taking things personally, mm-hmm. like not making it a personal attack. That when somebody else is going through their trauma, that was triggered for whatever innocent reason, mm-hmm. that like I could say, I could just like say one little thing out of the blue, and it could trigger you, and I would have no idea why because yeah. I I don't have the same trauma or whatever. Exactly. And so not taking that personally of being like, oh, I'm hurting you or I'm, I'm fucking up in some way, but being like, okay, we've got a thing here. I'll stay present for it. I want to witness you through this yeah. instead of making it about me, which I think is even more traumatic in some ways because then that, that ignites your codependency trauma of like, yeah. now I have to take care of you, so I'm going to abandon me in the process. And it's like, can you just get out of the room? Yeah. So yeah. I can deal with all this stuff that's coming up for me. Because if you're going to be an extra hassle, just <laughs> yeah. get out. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's triggered because you're triggered. And then mm-hmm. like it's like inception of triggered and who takes yeah. care of who. Well, nobody can take care of anybody at that point. You have to take care of yourself. Yeah. You have to parent yourself. That's the only thing that, that it can be worked through. Unless that person has dealt with their own trauma and isn't triggered. Then they can take care of you. Well, because that kind of happened with us where he was like, but I did this and I did this and I did this. I was like, I don't give a fuck what you did. (laughs) Like, don't, this isn't about you. Yeah. And I was like, put your attention on me. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. But we couldn't get there. And that was pretty like rough saying it that way. Yeah. He didn't quite get it. And then the turning point was when you talked to me and you said like, you need to tell him that he needs to hold you. Physically. That, that was the turning point, yeah. Yeah. And when I could actually just say that, it wasn't about blame, it wasn't about any of that stuff, mm-hmm. it was just like, I need this, and he's like, I can provide this. Yes. And it was a win-win. This is how you can win for it with me. Yeah. It's just by staying present and not taking it personal, because I need to ugly cry for a second. But at the same time, he had asked me over and over before that, he's like, what do you need? What mm-hmm. do you need? And I was blank. I'm like... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I need. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I kept saying that. I'm like, I legit don't know. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, yeah, you need to be just be held. We don't need to name the emotion. Or like, no. we don't need to name a purpose behind the emotion. Or process it. Yeah, we don't need to process it. No. You just have emotion. Yeah. It just needs to be let go. And that's where I think it's important that you have your girlfriends mm-hmm. to call to process stuff like that with. Of like, what do I do here? I'm stuck. Because it's not like the person that you're in relationship with may have their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And to sit and process together just kills the polarity in or your relationship. It, it just kills it. And so and sometimes you just run in circles anyway. Yeah. You're using all that energy that you could be using having really good sex. You're using it to process. Mm-hmm. And then you're wondering why at the end of that processing that you don't want to fuck. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, so 
processing with your girlfriends who you are neutral with and you mm-hmm. don't have polarity with, super good idea because then you can go back to your partner who you want to have polarity with. And and it's why you need to choose girlfriends that you know you can trust mm-hmm. and that they're not just going to throw more blame. I mean, there's a time and place where you need someone to have your back mm-hmm. and then there's a time and place where you need them to see for you because yeah. you are in the fog. Yeah. Yeah. So, for sure thank you <laughs> it's good it's good I, I definitely related like I said I had gone through something similar and, and it was so good for me well you made me feel better too because I was like thank you so much for being able to do this for me like I feel like I owe you now and you're like no this is like the bread and butter of what I do <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and how which many, is so true how many times do I call you when I'm all <sighs> fucked up and I need you to just be like you have the right to be angry. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. It's, it feels good to support yeah. that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. Okay, so I think we solved all the world's problems there. Yeah, thanks for making that the Jenna show today. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. <laughs> it's all good. Next time we'll have to have Jane back. Yeah, I know. She I miss Jane. She definitely brings the good element of humor and story and vulnerability in that, yes, she that does. we need. Um. But I think full circle, just being aware, taking responsibility for for our femininity in that, just as a general rule of thumb, trying your best to be easy to please, it makes life better. It's that Abraham Hicks of like, just enjoy the now. And, you know, like... The point is to feel good. Right? Get off on every stroke. Have be in the moment all of that is feminine receptivity because you're receptive to the moment you're letting the Mm -hmm. moment penetrate you and then the moment can win with you and so that's basically what trust is is just being like there's good here even in humiliation or in rejection and in those sensations whatever the moment is I accept it and I approve of it and I'm getting off on it and there was one thing I was listening to Michaela Sheldon yesterday on my drive and it hit me so hard I actually typed it out to I texted it to John afterwards and it was about faith when she was channeling hopefully this still makes sense I said she said so many people right now are losing faith in humanity because all these bad things are happening but this is the planet clearing these negative collective patterns and they have to surface to clear which is like we had to have that fight to clear it Um, then she said, when we have tight expectations for our own lives and the way we want something to work out and it doesn't go that way, we lose faith. Mm-hmm. She said, it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel frustrated and sad. But staying in that feeling contributes to the overall feeling of lost faith and doom. Yeah. And so if you don't let it out, but you hold mm-hmm. on to pieces of it, that's why I had to go all the way into letting it out. And this last part felt so, like, inspiring said, if we knew that the unseen was far better for us than anything that we had planned, we would never want it to play out the way we expected anyways. Having that faith that is far better allows us to let in that better path for us. Mm-hmm. That felt so good. So good. I'm like, man, I can't even plan it as good as I want. Something even better. Exactly. And wants we to want happen. to be surprised and delighted. Exactly. We don't want to have We be, want the unknown. We don't want to be micromanaging everything. Like that's boring. It is boring. And so I heard something recently too that was, I I don't know if it was Michaela Sheldon or somebody else, but it's like, um, no, it was Charles Eisenstein. He was talking about how 
the biggest evil is the belief that evil exists mm-hmm. in that we are feeding into fear. We're feeding into these things that may be inevitable. Like it's inevitable that we're going to die. It's inevitable that bad things are going to happen. But if we can take that power of the grief, of the sadness, of the hopelessness, and use those flavors to really appreciate when it's good and that it's always going to be a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like we're in winter now, but winter makes us really appreciate spring and summer. Yeah. You know, and it's like there's things about those grieving times or that loss or that tragedy that we can also tune into that can be really beautiful. Well, it's as kind well. of like the analogy that I was just getting is when you're on a boat and say you're trying to like bail some water out, mm-hmm. but there's actually just an anchor that's hanging down on the bottom. So bailing the water out might get you like an inch yeah. and you're going to work your ass off to do it. But if you just dove in all the way to the bottom and either snipped <laughs> the anchor or like, yeah, you'd have to snip it Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to actually like relieve it take mm-hmm. the source off but you had to go down deep into those mm-hmm. then you're free you're good and you can go after that yeah because if you don't you'll never get all the way up right unless you go all the way down and if you get caught up in that anchor again like you might mm-hmm. you probably will you know what to do yeah as well like you know that you can survive it you know that yes bad things awful things happen like the kobe bryant thing is awful mm-hmm. but it's like Bad things happen, and then something good always comes out of it. And then bad things happen, and then good things come out of it. We need both of those polarities to be in existence. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. this construct wouldn't be what it is. Michaela said that too. She said, we're meant to have the contraction expansion. But she said, humans, because we don't fully like release our emotions we get stuck in the contraction mm-hmm. we're not meant to suffer all the yeah, time and we we believe that that's all there is out, yeah. and that it's safe in the contraction when but she said your biggest expansion comes off the back of the last contraction mm-hmm. that's the power in the down yeah that's it okay that's a good place to end <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks for listening and uh, see you next time. check out check out jenna's website what it is what's your website i let that go you mean for the short story no your speech and language one. Oh, howden speech and language yeah so check out if you have kids check out howden speech and language it's on facebook and instagram and if you're interested in coaching coming to a turn on or a women's circle go to palmer-coaching.com and we will talk to you next time see ya bye